This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello. Welcome to Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 31. Texas. It's the finale. Regular season finale. Don't get your hopes up. Follow me on Instagram at Burning Springs. Email. The filter is set for all emails to go to the trash bin. However, one did slip through this time. The unreasonable doubt wv at gmail.com. I'll read that email later. Facebook. There's a search bar. Type in unreasonable doubt. The podcast page will come up. Hit the blue thumb. Like the page. Follow the podcast there. I was talking to my father before this game. We were talking about what West Virginia needed to do to win. This humble man's opinion. Two things. Beetle Bolden had to make shots. Because Texas was going to throw a 2-3 zone at West Virginia. So it's time for Beetle would get shots. He needed to make them. And West Virginia had to rebound. Because Texas got a bunch of athletic tall guys. What happened? Beetle was 2 of 9 from 3. And West Virginia was out-rebounded by 5. So for those reasons and others, West Virginia loses their season finale to Texas in overtime, 87-79. This was West Virginia's first overtime game. This was Texas's seventh overtime game of the season, which is crazy. Uh, if West Virginia had seven overtime games in a season, that would not be good for my health. Uh, it would be very poor. Uh, m- Physical and mental. Well, I don't know if I'd be able to handle seven overtime games in one season. So kudos to the Texas fans for hanging in there. And I'm sorry if that's affected your health. This game was close pretty much all the way through. West Virginia held a two-point lead at halftime. Second half early, West Virginia built a lead. Gave it up. Texas got a lead. Gave it up. Went back and forth, and then West Virginia was able to send it to overtime with a sweet drive by Javon Carter up and under with the left-hand layup. Very clutch shot. And then in overtime, West Virginia tried to make threes. They shot a bunch of threes. Didn't make very many. Texas made their shots. They win the game in a game they need to make the tournament. Uh, They are considered on the bubble by experts. They may get in, they may not. But their chances were going to fall dramatically if they did not win this game. So they were playing for more. And it showed. And they played better at home than obviously in Morgantown losing by over 30 to WVU. They're good for this game for West Virginia. Uh, Teddy Allen getting shots off. When the other team plays a 2-3 zone, it's Teddy Tom. And Teddy could have made more shots. 
than what he did, but he was getting good looks. And he just loves playing against a zone. And I like watching him play against a zone. We've talked about it on the podcast. It's just made for him. His close game, touch around the rim, getting in the right spots, driving. It was it was a good Teddy game, not a great Teddy game. Uh, Beetle Bolden, while he missed a bunch of threes, he did get that block. He had as many blocks as Kanate this game. It was amazing. The Out of nowhere... Slap it off the rim. It's always great to see the smallest guy on the floor uh, block a shot and and slap it off the off the backboard. So congrats there for Beetle. We talked about the Carter shot at the end of regulation. It was great to see that. The bad uh, Texas only played with seven guys, and West Virginia couldn't wear them down enough. Even in overtime where you're playing five extra minutes, if you're only playing seven guys, that should be a benefit to the team that's using more players. Was not the case. West Virginia could not stop drives to the rim at all. It was not as bad as the Iowa State game, but pretty close. And of course that led to corner threes, which are wide open. The guy who looks like TJ Miller... For Texas, got a bunch of corner threes. He made five of them. And Texas was getting what they wanted, especially in the first half. Texas shot 61% in the first half. And they shot 56% for the game. So that's hard to win when a team's shooting uh, and making six out of every ten shots. That long exhale was code for random thoughts. It's time for random thoughts for the Texas game. I told you Texas only had seven players who played. Mo Bamba, the freshman who's going to be drafted early in the 2018 NBA draft. He was out. Shaka Smart put in another tall guy. His last name was Sims. And this guy got Sagaba Kanate twice. Dunks on him where Kanate was jumping with him. And I don't know if that's happened in a game twice. And it didn't matter which person. But for one guy to do it twice, once close to the beginning of the game and once in overtime. It was difficult to watch. You get used to Kanate blocking everything. And... He did not block everything this game. Um, Jimmy Dykes, I believe, was the color analyst for this game. And his little quirk that he brought to this game was to do some analysis right when the teams were coming back onto the floor after timeouts. Like, even, I think one time he even used some of the Texas bench players or they might have been cheerleaders. I don't know what was going on. But you see the players coming back on the floor after the timeout and the only thing it reminded me of, I got zero analysis from Jimmy Dykes, but what it made me think of is when grown men are playing pickup basketball and there's a child on the court 
And for those of you who have played pickup basketball, you've seen the scene where a kid or even somebody, if you're running full court and somebody's shooting baskets on the other end and there's a turnover and they have to get off the floor and Jimmy Dykes is kind of filling the people coming back onto the court. It's like, okay, I got to go. I just thought it was real dumb and it just made me think of how annoying that was to have somebody on the court that wasn't playing. And so thanks, Jimmy Dykes, for nothing or for bringing me nostalgia, one or the other. I'm not one to toot my own horn, uh, but with this loss, West Virginia finished the Big 12 conference play at 11-7. and And so I want to play for you sound of me from the Marist game after or after the Marist game when somebody asked me what West Virginia's record was going to be this year this is what I said about the Big 12 then for Big 12 games there's 18 total play each team twice last year West Virginia was 12 and 6 this team is not as good as last year's team yet they may get better but even with the addition of Visa Mod in January, I feel like this is a an eleven and seven conference record team. So you put that together with the non conference. West Virginia is twenty. Alright, I had to cut that off because I was I was one game off on the non conference schedule. But I called it. I was right. Now, was I lucky in getting that right? Absolutely. Think about how much better West Virginia's conference record would have been if they finished the game in Morgantown against Kansas, finished the game against Oklahoma State in Morgantown. Um, They lost some weird ones in conference, uh, blowing leads. And so they could have been 12-6, and maybe even 13 and five, but they end up eleven and seven. And while I hate seeing West Virginia lose to Texas today, it did fulfill my prophecy of what West Virginia's uh, conference record would be. So I got that one right. I feel good about it. Final thoughts coming up. Final thoughts for the Texas game. Going to read an email that made it through the trash filter into the inbox of unreasonabledoubtwv at gmail.com. This email comes from longtime emailer Tad Smythe from Austin, Texas. The subject line reads, A Tournament Doctor Beware. It reads, Dear Unreasonable Doubt, the highly rated podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I am looking forward to your visit to Austin. I'll meet you courtside. (laughs) A question as we head to the tournament. What type of team will be WVU's Dr. Brenda if they run into them in the bracket? Sincerely, Tad Smythe. Thank you, Tad, for the email. Tad is referencing my thoughts from the Texas Tech game when he's mentioning Dr. Brenda. Dr. Brenda is a doctor on the Animal Planet show, The Incredible Dr. Paul. And my theory is... If Dr. Brenda's coming to see your animal, your animal's going to die. 
So he's asking, <laughs> he's asking, who's going to take out West Virginia in the tournament? It's hard to tell, uh, Tad, because as you know, it's all about matchups. Uh, but I think two things: if a team can make open threes in a one-game sample then they're going to have a good chance. And so a lot of teams, it doesn't really narrow it down, a lot of college Division I teams can make open threes in a one-game sample. Even West Virginia can. Uh, but, you know, really, a game like we just saw against Texas, a close game, I feel like that's how West Virginia is going to lose in the big tournament. They're going to lose close, and the other team's going to make a bunch of threes. They're going to make their open threes. Because we've watched 31 games with West Virginia, and West Virginia gives up open threes. And when teams miss them, then West Virginia is able to win. And when teams make them in a decent percentage, or make most of them, then West Virginia loses. So, uh... A team that can make threes when they get open shots. And then good ball handlers. Um, West Virginia is going to play teams likely outside of the Big 12 in the in the big tournament. And the pressure can be more effective. Because teams, especially if West Virginia wins the first game and the other team only has two days to prepare for West Virginia's press, then it can be more effective. So if a team has good ball handlers and be able to limit turnovers, then that's going to be how West Virginia loses. So we'll know this time next week who West Virginia is going to play in the big tournament. And we'll figure it out from there. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on Anchor. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, most anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. The next game for West Virginia is in the Big 12 tournament. They earned the three seed uh, in the Big 12, and so that earns them a game against number six seed Baylor. That's on Thursday at 9 p.m., it might be a little bit later because it's the second game of the games of the evening session in Kansas City. I'm concerned about this game. I don't think West Virginia is going to win. West Virginia has beaten Baylor twice this season. They swept Baylor. So it's hard to beat the same team three times in a row. Baylor is also trying to win as many games as possible to help their chances of making the NCAA tournament. So that sets up for a loss, but the good news for West Virginia it gives them more rest, which the, everybody needs at this time of the year. But we'll see what happens. Uh, on a serious note, I want to say this episode is dedicated to Russell Webb. Uh, this one's for you, man. Rest in peace. Still shocked that you're no longer with us. Um, if you have friends, keep in touch with them. 
tell them that you love them because they can be taken away from you in an instant. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU is 22 and 9. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.